You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Hi, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today we are talking about navigating your child's senior year and the path to college Mm -hmm. or not. Right. All right. So college is something we both dread and we hope for, especially if they're they're really asserting themselves in their independence. (laughs) Sometimes college is more um, of a pleasant thought than others. But we've got high school graduation lurking in the future and we're talking about launching our kids into the world so the junior and senior years of high school are the most fun busy and stressful times in your child's life under your roof probably absolutely so busy they're into everything i remember both of my kids junior year was killer there was a lot of tears junior year the workload yeah the the hard classes and all the essays and applications yeah and act or sat Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah all of the pressure it's a lot of pressure it is So we know college won't be every student's path. And I think we're hearing that more and more these days than maybe you and I heard it when we were going to college. I mean, that was the only thing I heard. You go to college, you go to college, you go to college. Me too. But um, actually there were five of us and only three of us went. Two of us had other other, um, ambitions and things to do. So there's all kinds of, of alternatives. You can do military, you can go to trade school, you can do apprenticeships or take a gap year. Um, and all of those are viable options. Just depends on the kid. Yeah. Impact 360 has an amazing gap year that I actually would have loved for my kids to go to. They just were like, you know what? We're ready to go straight into college. So if you're interested in that, I would highly recommend you um, check out um, Impact 360. And what is that exactly? So it's um, it was started by the founders of, Ch- well, not true at Kathy. I think it was his son of Chick-fil-A. So you know it's going to be excellent. <laughs> Chick-fil-A is so excellent at chicken. And it's really a worldview training program. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a, they started with a gap year, which is really just a lot of reading a lot of um, original texts and classic literature and really helping your child have a solid Christian worldview before they go um, to a secular college or, or even a Christian college uh-huh. for that matter. But they have these great summer programs too that our our sons did together. Yeah. Our, my daughter went by herself, and um, can't recommend that highly enough yeah, either. Really the great. two weeks there was phenomenal. It just really gets deep into um, their foundation of their faith and answering questions and the the whys. Why do we believe what we believe? You know, what? How does it make sense? How do we explain it to other people? That kind of thing. Yeah, it was it was brilliantly coupled with life application so one day would be in the classroom super interactive classroom experience and then the next day they're out in the world mm-hmm. applying what they've learned yeah. so I loved it so so yeah that's a great thing to consider um, before your child goes to college but um, but there's lots of pitfalls along the way mm-hmm. as you're navigating this process so that's what we want to talk to you about is just learn from our mistakes learn from what we've learned and maybe you can avoid yeah um, I think I think now, especially given the past eighteen months or something, and the ubiquitousness of distance learning, uh, colleges have really been called into question about what is really the return on investment. Like, mm-hmm. if I can do all this at home in my own living room, what am I paying you sixty thousand dollars a year for? So, um, colleges have had to kind of pony up on that, and parents are asking 
some difficult questions. Maybe life isn't the same as it was when we were going. So, right. And, and there's, we'll talk about this. There's lots of different ways you can piece together that college education. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of it can be distance Mm -hmm. combined with in-person. There's benefits to both, right? but there's, there's some things to consider, um, as you're thinking about your child's college experience. A lot of kids abandon their faith. when they enter college. I looked up a study LifeWay published in January of 2019, and it showed that 66% of kids who attended church during high school for at least one year stopped going to church during college. But, that's the bad news, but those who stayed in church during college saw the church as an important part of their entire lives. So the question I'm asking myself is, how as a parent Mm -hmm. can I make church be a part, an important part of their life? And so more than half of them said that church was important to their relationship with God. And um, more than half of them said that they wanted the church there to help guide their decisions in the future. So for us, we were constantly um, looking for people who could add to our children's lives in ways that we couldn't. Mm -hmm. So um, our son has a really analytical mind and he asks a lot of questions. So I looked for someone just a little farther down the road from him at church to, um, to speak into his life. We just made up a reason for them to hang out Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I think, uh, he wants to learn chess. He's talked about learning chess, but you just come and teach him chess. And that was just the excuse for them to spend time together. Um, our daughter met a woman at church on a mission trip who was in her sixties. And she's like, that lady's cool. Mm. And I said, call her up and ask her out to lunch. Like, there's no reason you can't be friends with her. Yeah. And they struck up this beautiful friendship, mentorship, and really um, blessed my daughter in ways that I never could have and said things to her that she could hear yeah. better at that season of her life than, I, than she could hear it from me. Exactly, yeah. So when church becomes like your people, your community, like you're much less likely to walk away from that. Um, I counsel... Whenever I talk to high school students, I, I say, listen, plug into a local church. My husband and I found a church, and we, we signed up to teach Wednesday night classes to the fifth grade girls. And we are still in touch with those girls today. Yeah. And back then, what, were we five years older than them? <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, what did we know? They'd ask us questions, and I'm like, oh, your parent knows more. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, we could supply something and add, to their, and add to their lives. We were their family. Yeah, I think um, if you... Um, if church and faith is not sort of woven into the fabric of your everyday family life, there's no better hypocrisy spotter than a teenager uh, or young adult. Um, and maybe that's one of the reasons why the statistic is so high. Um, if that's just something that you do on Sunday and then you never speak of it again, then that's just one more thing on a to-do list for a kid. Oh yeah. So sleep in or get up and go to church. Um, yeah. What do you think your kid's going to choose? <laughs> Definitely sleep in. So, yeah, it's got to be more than just, like you said, another club you attend, another right. thing you do. Some college students live friv- frivolously and abuse their freedoms and recreation and pleasures. Refer to our teen episode about how to <laughs> mitigate that possibility and working on freedoms and appropriate, you know, freedoms and pulling them back. And then some will not just completely walk away, but they'll just privatize their faith. They're not going to really connect it to their education. And some kids thrive, and that's what we want to talk about. How do you how do you help your kid thrive, and how do you get there? Right. How do you, if college is going to be the path for your child, um, then how do you get through that senior and junior year, and how do you find where they're supposed to be? Um, I know your experience was totally different than and my experience was too, and that was 
I don't know, 30 years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we never did the first college tour. It was just, uh, we maybe had two high school AP classes offered. I did one college visit with my best friend's mom, not my own parents. Um, had no knowledge of financial aid, no knowledge of options. Uh, I just went to University of Florida for my first year because my sister went there. Sound mm-hmm. like a good plan. Sounded mm-hmm. legit. So I did. Um, drove 10 hours away and said bye. And that was about it. And today... What, what was your experience? So um, my person, yeah, my personal experience was my parents said, you're going to college. And I wanted to go kind of far away because I, I wanted to, you know, stretch my, you know, spread my wings mm-hmm. and assert my independence. And and so I just looked at, okay, how far away are these places? <laughs> and so I picked some place that was about six hours away. And um, yeah, we didn't, I mean, we just took the ACT. No prep classes, yeah. nothing, you know, here's One the time. ACT, take it. I did take it a second time, scored the same or worse, maybe <laughs> second time. And that was it. Move, move along. And I didn't have any college courses before college. Mm-hmm. Like you see a lot of that now. So yeah, it was a very different experience than with my own kids. And we were navigating it from a homeschool perspective. I didn't have a guidance counselor to go to. I actually had to hire someone mm-hmm. to play that role who really knew you know, how to prep and so, or if you, you know, if you've got friends, you need to think about that if you're a homeschooling family, because I, I m- missed some deadlines and created some unneeded stress because uh, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't know. So today, <laughs> my experience with my own two children this much later um, was very, very different than that. Um, they went to a school that was from the beginning, assuming everybody that graduates here is going to go to college. We're going to test well. We're going to get into the best school we can get into and, you know, aim for the stars kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just a very different experience. Um, as soon as you enter today, most kids, most high schools, um, they're going to have an array of AP classes, um, which are very difficult, require much more time and study. Um, if it's not AP, then it's honors. Um, you can also do an IB program which is an inter-baccalaureate program, which can help earn you a degree while you're still in high school. And then there's the dual enrollment. Um, and you can graduate high school today, ostensibly, if you do the right classes and work the right, the right schedule, already with an associate's degree, already with two years of college under your belt. It's not unusual for kids to graduate today with 12 to 30 credit hours of college already. Absolutely. So we um, didn't do AP classes because we were homeschooling but we did do dual enrollment we we did dual enrollment for both of our children and our, our son also did quite a few clep tests which you know you just study that's right. and you go take that's the on test your own. that's on your own and so um yeah it's a huge benefit and I've seen a lot of teenagers as you said go in with at least a year mm-hmm. but some who maxed it out two years of college and it's basically free yeah because yeah. it's through your school or we're, we live in Tennessee. So there's the scholarship program for Tennessee students from the Tennessee lottery. Mm-hmm. It, that's just, that is so beneficial. It, it is. And it can, um, well, there's some pluses and minuses to it. I think it closes the affordability gap for a lot of families mm-hmm. too, because paying for four years of college right now is insane. Some of the tuition prices that you're looking at. Um, so it can lower your debt. And if you've had that much, if you graduate with that much, then you're more likely to go ahead and finish. Um, a degree, which is awesome. Um, but once you're enrolled, 
in subjects like that, once you're enrolled in college, um, if you do continue to go on, if you've done all the dual enrollment and AP and stuff like that, you tend to get less um, concentration in your core stuff because basically that's just getting your gen ed out of the way and you're moving right on to Mm -hmm. being a junior basically. Um, So you could be faced with pretty soon after you get into college, oh wait, I've already got enough credits. I need to go ahead and declare my major. I need to know what I'm going to be doing. Um, whereas in the past, your first two years were more of a kind of feeling your way. Like if you weren't sure from the get go that you were going to be a business major, you had those two years to kind of explore a little bit. So it speeds things up. That's a really good point. A really good point. And, um, so some majors at some universities do require courses be taken at their campus. So sometimes those dual enrollment courses may not count. Uh, you just, you got to figure it out and know that, or, or know that, you know, education is always good for its own sake too. Yes, yeah, I told, as I told my children, but you might not get all the full credits yeah. that you were expecting. Both of my kids were um, biology majors, microbiology, and they took some of those hard classes and kind of kicked themselves because they had to take them again at the university they went to, mm-hmm. um, with those professors. But again, like it's not wasted and maybe they had an easier time taking them because they'd already had that background. Yeah. It's a second pass. So, um, sometimes having that extra college under your belt before you graduate, um, can reduce this time that you spend on campus cause you're not spending as many years there, which begs the question, like, what's the point of college in the first place? Right. So we, you know, our generation, we, we, there was no college unless you were at college. Yeah. You had to go campus. and live there. Yeah. You lived there or you lived right off of campus, right near there. And there wasn't remote learning. And so it's a communal experience. It's um, shared life. And there's a lot of benefit to that. If it's the right kind of shared life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like you're having to navigate um, roommates and how you deal mm-hmm. with other people and how you ask for what you need. And can you please clean up the, t- the yes. bathroom? Yes. Um, you're having, to me, college was the time, complete independence. Like I never thought about my parents. I never, like 18, 19, 20 years old, what my parents <laughs> never entered into the equation. Who are they? Of, yeah. <laughs> It was, what can I do now that I'm on my own? Um, what kind of things can I explore? What kind of subjects can I take that I've never heard of before? Um, meeting people who were not like me, um, who lived all over the place, um, different ethnicities, different languages, all the different things that just opened, it just expands your world. So you don't get that as much if you aren't spending that time on a campus. Yeah, that's true. So you went to a Big state school. Big state school. I went to Mm -hmm. a small Christian liberal liberal arts school. So it had maybe, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 students, not Mm -hmm. very many. But every state was represented. All 50 states were represented and many, many countries. Mm -hmm. So I did really appreciate people coming from all over the U.S. and the world. It was, it was, yeah, it was a beautiful experience in that way. And being away from home, you know, was beneficial in a lot of ways. Although now... I'm changing my tune on that a little bit with the state of the climate of our culture, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that shortly. Um, so you can um, kind of, I don't know, it changes your high school experience when you're taking these really hard classes yeah. and, and doing sports and having a part-time job. Yeah. And you remember your brain's developing. Right. We talked about that on our team you need podcast. More sleep. You need more sleep. So you need to weigh the cost benefit to your own child mm-hmm. and help them navigate, okay, what it what's the what's the right balance for you? Right. And 
Um, your guidance counselor can help you with that if you're if you have one in your school system. Um, other adults mm-hmm. <laughs> take advantage. You don't have to be oh, the yeah. only voice in your kid's head. Other adults, um, college I, students who are a little bit further down the road, anybody that's yeah. just a couple steps ahead can help navigate that. Um, and I knew a lot of students who they knew they weren't going to be um, going to med school. So why did they have to take all these heavy, hard classes in high school if that wasn't going to be their thing? So they didn't. Yeah. And it was fine. And yeah. they're still in college and they're still on on schedule to graduate. So um, if you have an idea of the kind of career you're interested in, you might not have to kill yourself and stress yourself out so bad in high school. Yes. And at the same time, you might have a child who is um, path of least resistance kind of a kid who has high potential, who doesn't really want to do it because it's hard. And there is a window of time, I really do believe, that's that's peak for you to really try to do college. Can you do college when you're 30 and three children? Yes. <laughs> Would that be fun? Not to me. <laughs> me either <laughs> so you know if you if you see the potential in your kid you you do need to but they're not really wanting to assert themselves you might need to give that little extra push so there's there's both sides to that um situation good point good point so talk to okay I did not do this great Bonnie so like take the bull by the horns here to walk us through like what you do like your kid's a junior or a sophomore yes yeah, I mean sometimes it's sophomore just... sometimes what's happening well in the school systems here in Tennessee they're gonna give you an opportunity to take the ACT um for some reason they don't do the SAT because that's not in the southeast really required as much but um so they're gonna give you the opportunity to take that one time and we have AP crep uh, sorry ACT prep classes and you can get tutors and there's all kinds of books you can study for all that stuff. Um, generally around your junior year is the time that's the best to do that because you've had all the math classes that you need that are going to be on that test. Um, and and I, I took it once. My kids right. took it five, six times each. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. I was a naive homeschool mom who took it twice. As I said, I thought it was like, the other achievement tests my children took. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we get, I ordered the Iowa achievement test, the California achievement test, and administered it to my children and sent it in to be graded, you know, just like the school system would. And it was supposed to assess what they'd learned. But the ACT is not like that. The ACT is meant to have scores fall into a, to certain categories. A certain number will make, you know, a perfect score. Mm-hmm. And, a certain, and we want the bulk of them to fall in this mid-range and there'll be some outliers in the low range. And so the questions are not necessarily only gauging what they know. They're tricky. Mm-hmm. That's why the prep courses mm-hmm. come into place, how to read the tricky questions, how to navigate them and you know best answer them. And I just, I was blindsided by that. Yeah. And so we didn't start doing the prep work as soon as we could have. And then my daughter felt rushed and mm-hmm. it was my fault. And I, said you know what I missed it I'm sorry that you're feeling rushed you are rushed because I didn't fully understand what you were up against here yeah I'm not I am not a big test fan I think the whole system could probably stand to be overhauled I don't like the yearly tests in the grade schools I don't like the SAT ACT thing admission to colleges Um, I think that sort of explains one aspect of certain kids talents Yes. Um, if you're a good test taker, then good for you. But if you're not, 
then it works against you. So um, this past year with COVID, this is another thing that colleges are reevaluating. A lot of colleges are test optional now, and that's not one of the admissions things because ACT test centers were not open. Um, so that made me so happy. I think we're going to see maybe some changes down the road with that. I don't know. Um, but that gives disadvantaged communities better opportunities to um, display some of their other talents in other ways through essays or, you know, which I think is great. You need all yes. kinds of, all kinds of kids and all kinds of um, walks of life. So anyway. I mean, I was so naive. I had writing you know, writing samples from, of my children. I had their, you know, saved all their high school work just in case the police came ever, you know, <laughs> knocking on my door. I wanted to prove we'd actually been doing stuff. True and officer. And I thought that, I thought that the university would want some of that, a sampling of what we'd been doing. They didn't care. No, it's Show one score. score. One score, Isn't, which is so limiting. And I'm like, this is not even a glimpse of who my child is. Right. Of their giftings and their talents and their inclinations. Yeah. So that, that's my feeling on it. And, and nobody asked me. <laughs> so that's how they've been admitting kids to college now for years and years and years. It probably will continue to be, but maybe there's a little bit of room there's a for a glimmer wiggle. of hope there. I hope that there's so. some change on the horizon. I hope so. Um, so let's talk a little bit about cost, which is a huge factor. And it's not something, it's something that your kids should be in on the discussion. Um, we've talked a lot about what is a right and not a right for your teenagers or your college kids to expect. And I guess we had the opinion as parents that it is our obligation to get you through high school. If we were able to save anything for your college education, um, that's icing on the cake, but we don't necessarily owe you that, um, which is why a lot of college kids get into a lot of debt. Um, but our opinion was that their job through high school was to work as hard as they can with whatever talents they had um, for scholarships. And that was their job. And they both, thank the Lord, <laughs> got um, full, full tuition at a great school. Um, so we didn't have to pay for their undergraduate, um, which left us some more freedom to help them out as they went on in their past. But um, so they didn't really have, uh, at least one of them didn't have a lot of um, part-time jobs, that kind of thing, because their job was to work on their grades and get that test score. Yeah. I had a, uh, the advisor we hired, uh, said to view all the applic scholarship applications in that way. It's a part-time job. And if you got this, if you get this scholarship, you've just earned yeah, thousands this many of, thousands of dollars. Right. So, so measure it that way. Now they applied for a lot of scholarships they didn't get, and they did get some, but our experience was, um, different than yours. Our, so our daughter, um, she was interested in art, graphic design. And so we looked at schools that were, you know, good for that. But she also knew that when she had children, if she got married, that she wanted to stay home. And so we talked her through, okay, if you have a lot of college debt, that's going to, that's going to determine what kind of job you take when you graduate, because there could be a job that you think is a perfect fit for me, but doesn't pay enough to offset the debt I've accumulated. Mm. So you need to think in terms of creating freedom for yourself in the future by minimizing your debt mm -hmm. as much as possible. And so when we started looking, you know, in-state and then out-of-state, in-state was just, it was a no-brainer. Oh, In-state tuition, especially for undergrad, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, mm -hmm. it, it seems kind of crazy not to take advantage of that. Yeah. 
we were back when my husband went to vet school is when we first got married. I made $20,000 a year in my job and paid his vet school tuition, which was $4,000 a year. That was in 1991. And how we did that, I'm not really sure, but we did. We made it work. Today, vet school tuition for a year is $30,000. That's like a 650% increase over that time. Um, And when you graduate, you got to factor in what are you going to make when you graduate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, oh my goodness, how many young people have I spoken to who... um, had this dream school they wanted to attend, but they um, were an education major. So a teacher <laughs> is, you know, in the South, a teacher is going to make significantly less than a teacher, you know, in the Northeast or perhaps out West, mm-hmm. California. So you have to consider how many years are you going to spend paying off that loan? And I've talked to s- several of them in their 30s who are still like digging themselves out of that hole. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, the, the brief fun that they had, and they had some fun. It was a great experience. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's just not worth it. So, um, so yeah, we, we, um, we had a state school for our daughter and she was able to, um, craft together, uh, enough scholarships that she could manage the other bit herself. So she was paying as she went, Mm -hmm. which is unheard of. Yeah, that's great. But she, um, didn't live on campus, which is a much increased cost and there's benefits and drawbacks Mm -hmm. to that that she would tell you you know that she missed out on some things because she wasn't on campus some schools require you to depending on your our son went to a private christian college in nashville went to treveca nazarene and yeah you had to live on campus and um but he he got almost a full scholarship enough that we could just help him finish off that so um two very different experiences and his on-campus experience was just as difficult yeah as Emma's off-campus experience. So I think that's something nobody told told me that, because um, my freshman year was a little bit hard, but it wasn't super hard. But I'm seeing now a lot of my two children and a lot of their friends are having a really hard time their freshman year. There's a lot of um, adjustment yeah. issues and culture shock mm-hmm. and um, conflict. You know, I just kind of had some fun. I got a little homesick and mostly just had fun and, yeah. did, you know, did my work and did what I was supposed yeah, to do. Me too. Me too. Uh, but our son, you know, we, we told him, you've got to navigate, you got to speak up um, and, and talk to your roommate. If you have trouble, oh my goodness. It was, it was terrible to watch yeah. as a parent from afar, how um, difficult that was and how that wasn't um, helping the situation. And eventually we did have to get involved and talk to some of the administration because he just wasn't. He wasn't getting the answers that he needed. And, and they, they stepped in and helped. Mm-hmm. It was good. And then COVID hit. And I the know. problem's all gone. Blew everything moves out back of home. water. But, um, but you need to know that your child will likely experience anxiety, depression, at least temporary. And, um, and not to get too freaked out about that. And yeah. don't let them just throw it all, throw in the towel and quit. Right. And immediately come home. And immediately the first come weekend. back. No, no, I can't do it. I can't do yes. it. That's the thing that stretches them. Yeah. Um, now, if it continues and if it's a chronic thing, then you need a little more digging and investigation in it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's not abnormal. It's yeah. So how, you had the numbers there. How many kids who um, choose, like you go through all this process of choosing a college and then like after their freshman year, they transfer. It's a lot. A lot oh, of like kids. like a third. Yeah. A third of all students transfer. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a, um, I did. I transferred and it was fine. 
Um, I know so many people who did. Um, I think my dad went to 10 or 12 different schools because he was trying to do it while he was in the military. So it right. took him a long time. Um, but it's a really common thing. So people think, I think kids think too, well, I've picked this school. I've gone through this whole process and um, all this pain and suffering to get there. And now I'm here and I'm not cutting it. Like I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. It wasn't what I thought. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Um, but I've got to stick it out because I said this is what I wanted to do. No, you don't. No. Nothing's ever set in stone. <laughs> like change is fine. Change is common. Um, don't let that be a limiting factor. There, yeah. are, there are actually yeah. transfer scholarships for other colleges encouraging you to come away from another one. So There are, but not no after freshman year. So here's the deal. We learned this because our son decided he was going to transfer to the local school here at MTSU because the woman of his dreams, who he's now married to, was <laughs> attending there and he wanted to be closer to her. Okay, great. No problem. The thing is, the transfer scholarships were for juniors and seniors, and he was um, a first semester sophomore by the time he was actually at the end of his first year. So he had to to qualify for transfer scholarships. He had to spend an entire summer studying for CLEP tests and taking them. Getting enough credits. To, to get enough credits. A junior to become a junior and receive those. And that was a very stressful summer, but um, it was so worth it because not only does he um, get these scholarships it's such a cheaper cost to mm-hmm. go to this school he and his wife are making money as did our daughter and son-in-law so they're getting paid to go to college because they're living off campus they've accumulated enough scholarships now they're married so they're bumped to the bottom mm-hmm. income bracket um yeah they're they're making they're, david now look at each other like what in the world <laughs> How how old were we when we had that much money in the bank? Like, I look like such a loser, but I'm happy for my kids to be able to be taking advantage of that. So it's just not even something I had considered, but I want to throw it out there for parents. It's very possible for your children to um, actually come out ahead. Um, You know, if they keep those scholarships, which a lot of my kids' friends didn't, Mm -hmm. you got to keep your grades up. Right. (laughs) And they think, oh, good, got the scholarship check. Now I can just have fun the rest of my time. No, No, you can't actually make the C's and D's and keep your scholarship. Right. Which is a good point. Well, that's interesting. That's that's an interesting. uh, Yeah, I think people don't think, you know, in terms of state schools, you know, there's a lot of grant money. That's money you don't pay back. There's a lot of grant money available. You just got to be on the ball and know. And look for those scholarships. There's all kinds of websites and your guidance counselor can help you. It depends on what your major is. It, I mean, whether you're male or female, what your ethnicity you have some, is. Yeah, if you have a minority yes. um, ethnicity in your family history, uh-huh. you can qualify for um, scholarships. Sometimes legacy scholarships. If both your parents have gone to one school, you can get in at a mm-hmm. reduced admission. First-time college students. I know several of those yeah. who get scholarships for that. Yeah, there, there's scholarships for tall people there are scholarships for if you're under five feet I'm not kidding you no, can you've got to be kidding. find them for anything we actually applied for one of the tall ones didn't get it but yeah well and also know your um so once you've declared a major make sure your child knows like the department heads like secretary stop by get to know her be asking the question, are there any scholarships? Because sometimes there's sophomore year scholarships yeah, for your major. Sometimes there's junior year. We have a friend who works at a university say, you know, there are scholarships that go unclaimed. Every year. Mm-hmm. Every year. Just because no one applies. Mm-hmm. So be be sure your kid's proactive and continuing to search it out once they're even at school. Oh, yeah. Beat the bushes. My um, 
my daughter is a pro at this now because I think because we considered it her job so much in high school, she's continued through, she's almost finished with pharmacy school now and all, all the way even through professional school, she has found scholarship after wow. scholarship after scholarship. So that reduces every little bit. There you go, Savannah. Good yeah, job. Good job. <laughs> um, okay, so let's say, we'll come back to some of these other ones in a minute, but um, once you take that ACT, once you figure out what your high school schedule is going to be, um, then you're going to start probably as a junior touring. So how do you talk to your kid about, um, I mean, there's thousands of universities in our country, let alone abroad, if they wanted to do that. Um, how do you talk to them about how to narrow that down? Right. Well, you know, know your child. So we knew, you know, likely one or more, one or either, like one or both, I guess I should say, would go to a state school. So we knew, all right, well, that means we need some worldview training because you're going to have be teaching, receiving teaching from a secular worldview. And we want you to have a Christian worldview and so that you can navigate through all that. We're, we're fine with them being exposed to alternate ideas. I want them to be exposed to them mm-hmm. so that they can work through them. So there was that. And then we said, you know, how far away from home do you want to be? And, and for one, it took a drive to six hours away to university for a visit she didn't tell us at the time but she said once we got there I knew I was not going here Mm -hmm. she was like driving through two hours of farmland with not a house or store in sight I was not going to school out here yeah so sometimes just going on a couple of visits will help narrow down geographically how far you want to go yeah we did the same thing too and notice it gets real quiet in the car in the back seat (laughs) when you're kind of getting close to the place and they're sort of just imagining themselves making that drive and going through this city or that city and it's yeah you sort of see the wheels turning it's real interesting um we did uh location two we just kind of drew once we narrowed it down we knew or they knew they didn't want to go like to the left coast or california over there um kind of within five hours they they said so we just sort of drew a circle on the map did did our little radius yep and said all right what's what are we looking at within these ranges that we can afford because we talked to them about money um that has your program of study and we just visited them i think with my daughter we probably visited i don't know six or seven which is a lot because i did none yeah and with my son we did 13 college visits it was kind of a lot (laughs) it was kind of ridiculous actually but um anyway the good thing about doing those visits is that even if you're pretty sure you kind of know where you want to go each visit will tell you things that you don't want Mm, which is just mm -hmm. as important as this is what I do want. It makes you rule out certain features. So yeah, we drew the radius too. Ours kids were more like three or four hours was their limit. So we just drew the, drew the circle and then we, um, yeah, we just did some tours. And, um, I remember when we were just doing the local tour of MTSU here in our town, just to check it off the list, do our due diligence Mm and, uh, I remember Emma turning to me during while we were getting the campus tour with the other families and saying, this is it. I'm coming here. And we were shocked. Never in a million years did we think she would actually want to go there. So there is so much benefit to actually just getting your feet on campus, walking around, meeting some faculty, mm-hmm. go to the cafeteria, yeah. see the dorm. All the stuff. Yeah. Talk all to the, the faculty if you can. Um if you think you know what you're interested in, schedule, sit in in a class. Yeah, very helpful. Um, we used, and make sure you go on a, a day of the week, not a weekend. 
if possible, because mm-hmm. you kind of see what things are really like. You can just sort of sit in the quad and watch the students walk by and hear their conversations. And um, that's just really give you a flavor. It kind of lets them imagine themselves doing the same thing. Can I, mm-hmm. can I play Frisbee on this quad? Can I see myself eating in the cafeteria? You know, can I see myself walking in this library? Um, it just going there and being there is really different. And I'm sorry to say that that has not been allowed so much over the past year or so because of COVID. Um, I, I really don't know how much more difficult you could make a college I, I don't either. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm wondering if my son is going to have any kind of a normal college experience at yeah. all. The first semester was terrible, so bad. Mm. I didn't tell the story, but he had to move out. Mm-hmm. Like his roommate was so bad. He had to move out mid-semester into a new room. And then like in November, they never got to go back. Yeah. So he, and, and he's, and then he's transferred to a new school and, and they still haven't met on campus. It's just the most wacky it's surreal experience. The yeah. Way they've had to deal with yeah. this. Yeah. It's not the same at all. Um, but I, I know just by looking, um, I got actually an email the other day that there are virtual college fairs, which you can uh, you, yeah. virtually imagine yeah. yourself on campus someday. Um, and there are some coming up April 10, April 20, and May 2nd. And you can go to virtualcollegefairs.org. And it uh, depends on what region of the U.S. you're in. And they'll um, hook you up with something like that, um, which just might be what you got to do. What you got to do. And know. did you make your kids fill out the college applications? I know you said scholarship applications. But they, they did the college applications. Yeah. They had to do um, when you're starting to apply to all these. Well, once you kind of decide, okay, I've narrowed it down to these three or four. Let's say we're going to apply to these three or four. Um, then most of them have, um, admission fees you're going to have to pay, which is why you don't really want to pay to apply to 15 or 20 because that costs you. So, um, then they, yeah, they could do the common app, which applies to many of them. Um, which is just one fee, one application, one essay, and it gets sent to multiple different colleges that accept that some other colleges don't. So then you have to do their application mm-hmm. and their essay and whatever they're requiring you. Um, sometimes on top of that, if you're trying to get an honors program, you got to do another essay and another sometimes college visit and interview. Same is true for certain scholarships. The ones that they had, they had to do an interview process. They had to do some are competitive interview processes that takes an entire weekend where you go and compete on site with other students. It's just going to depend on the college that you go to. Yeah. I, I have a friend who's, um, child you know is has like one of those last minute kind of kids which a lot of teenagers are you know they're they all procrastinate and um that's probably that brain development thing and you know she was torn about like how if it's actually not getting done and there's a deadline coming up like do I do it yeah for them do I you know tie them to the chair and (laughs) make them do it you know it's it can be and they can be hesitant for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. They could, it's not just laziness. No. It could it's be anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. It's, it's a scary decision. Yeah. And so sometimes no decision is the decision. It's, you know, it, I, we, we may ours fill theirs out too, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's hurdles there as well. There are. And, um, ours were pretty good about that, but there were times where, you know, I'm like a get it done early kind of person. And my mm-hmm. son's more of a, oh, mm-hmm. I got time. It's all good. <laughs> So yeah, a little stress going back and forth, but ultimately it is their, it's their gig. And I felt like they did so well through high school, learning and navigating, organizing their time, all that stuff that, you know, it was kind of on them if they wanted to go here and 
were willing to put forth the effort, then they were going to have to do that for the next four years. Cause I'm not on campus with you. If you can't do it to get in, then you're not going to be able yeah. to do it when you're there. So let's, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably generally the good rule for that. Um, let's see what else. Um, oh, one other sort of insider piece of advice. I, when you're on campus for these tours, look at the student bulletin boards. Um, pick up the student publications that are just sort of sitting around in the admissions office and stuff like that. Um, there was a couple schools that we ruled out like right away, just based on that. Um, great advice. We had some of the stuff they were advertising on this dorm room bulletin boards was, um, it was scary. It was basically a how-to step of what to do after you've been raped. Wow. Um, like that was going to be an expected thing that the alcohol use on campus was out of this world. Like, and it was just sort of, yeah, this is what we do here. And it, we're okay with it because the administration is kind of monitoring it and it's better that they do it here. I understand partying goes on at all campuses, but mm-hmm. that was a little over the top for us. And we were just like, oh, you know, I don't think this is for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this sounds a little bit more dangerous than it does, you know, academically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then dancing. there's, um, all the, the extra stuff that's available on campus, you know, that can be a a factor that sways your decision, like the different clubs or sororities mm-hmm. or, um, I, I love that, um, at MTSU and it's probably true. A lot of places, any student can create yeah, a group, mm-hmm. you know, there's some hoops you have to jump through. So there's the skateboarding group and the backpacking group and the, you know, different, yeah. different groups. You can find your people that way. And you can find that on the bulletin boards and stuff as well. Right. Like what, what kind of person goes here? Yeah. What do they like to do? We uh, made it a point to visit, if we were going to a big state school or something like that, we would always visit the campus ministry um, building so that there was that aspect of their education too, Um, because it's not just all brain. Super important. Everything, you know, here's your physical development, your spiritual, your mental, all of that has to be looked after and taken care of. So if it's not a specifically Christian college or small public school, private school, um, then take advantage of the campus ministries. You know, there's some, yeah, there, there's some great state schools that have phenomenal campus ministries Mm -hmm. that in my mind, if you're, if that's really important to you and you really want your child to have a Christian education would be equivalent to sending your child to a Christian liberal arts university. It, you know, I know I have several friends, um, and I don't know if this is still true, but when we were in college, he went to Auburn and they were like that campus ministry there. I mean, they were getting it done. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. I had, I probably grew more spiritually in college than I ever have. And it was because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I said, I was at big state schools with fraternities and sororities and partying every weekend, that kind of thing. But you just find your people if you're grounded yeah. and, and before you go, you find your people. Um, there's this really cool uh, exchange program that I didn't know about uh, before my kids were applying for school, but my sister's did um they live out in Colorado and her daughter wanted to be a marine biologist at the time and as you know Colorado doesn't have many oceans <laughs> a little bit of a problem around it and out-of-state tuition is insane as we've already talked about so um there are these uh there's something called a western undergraduate exchange but there are also ones in different parts of the country um where they can qualify for in-state tuition at sister schools. So she could have gone to the University of Hawaii for in-state tuition because she had the major that her state didn't have. So look into that. If you don't just automatically rule out um, an out-of-state school because you think you can't afford it, um, look for exchange programs. Oh, that's really cool. 
I thought that was neat. I didn't. Yeah, I had no, no idea. idea. I had no idea. Um, let's see. What else? Look for community scholarships through Boy Scouts or mm-hmm. um, clubs, um, athletics. Athletics are a little harder to get into. I don't have any experience to talk about how you interview coaches or go to a school for athletics, but um, I know a lot of kids do. Yeah, they do. Um, my niece and nephew both went to college on athletic scholarships and would say, I, I think that it was a really phenomenal experience. It was um, a highly disciplined lifestyle. Yeah, a lot of work. Because you have a lot of training, you've got your games, but you also have a regular load of classes. And um, yeah, they just excelled mm-hmm. at it. And that was really the last time they got to play sports yeah, you in an organized fashion. Professional. Yeah. Move on. After yeah. That. You move on to professional life. And so it was a really great experience for them. So yeah, definitely, you know, navigate that. Um, but just also know not every kid, you know, your little t-ball player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not all going to get college scholarships for that. So, um, so be thinking in terms of, you know, all these other things we've mentioned. Right. Um, another one of those is um, band. Band is a really fun, if you've done that through school or theater, that kind of thing, you can do that in college. Um, my husband played tuba in band at UT and went all over the country doing inaugurations and parades and bowl games and things like that. So it's really, really fun um, just to get into a different circle of people. Um, okay. So... What if your child has um, what they call a dream school? Yes. My dream school is to go to Harvard and, you know, um, be in the Ivy League and Mm -hmm. have fun in Boston and and all the stuff. Uh, It's a great city. They have this awesome program. Uh, My grandfather went to Harvard. Well, I think the dream school is kind of a myth. Um, And it contributes to so much more stress and disappointment if you don't get in. So, and it, and it can be stress and disappointment afterwards if you do get in and you accumulate this massive debt. Right. That you didn't need. You could have gotten just for your similar simple, education yeah, somewhere else. Your simple little undergrad. No. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's more, there's less of a dream school and more what I would call dream opportunities. So it's up to you. It's up to your child as a student, no matter where they go, to make it their best um, experience. So they've got to sort of take some initiative and not sit in the dorm room on their phone the whole time. Leave your door open, Mm -hmm. meet the people, um, start a club that you're interested in, talk to your professors, sit up front, all the things that um, get you connections and um, involved. And there's going to be, there's going to be great people at every college. There's going to be great courses at every college. There's going to be great professors at every college. So, um, if you just love, love, love Boston, then go visit Boston one summer. You don't have to go to school there for four years. And you can still come out with a great education and no debt. Yeah. And if you're like, like your kids are getting advanced degrees, your dream school can be your master's or your doctorate. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, do I even know or care where my doctor went to school? No one you know, does. My, my medical doctor? No one no, does. No, no one cares. I do wonder where he went to get his, you know medical degree right so yeah there is a maybe there's a dream school for another season of life but for your undergrad like you said there's so many other things to consider and honestly our first child went to college and we kind of said you know that sorority fraternity scene like that we don't recommend that there's just people making a ton of bad choices 
you know, weekend after weekend in that scene. But she really had a hard time finding her place. And she could say, you know, I live off campus. I'm not on campus. I'm not around people, you know, after hours. And I'm really, you know, I'm asking people to go to lunch and they're blowing me off. And I'm feeling like I don't have friends. And then she got asked to join a sorority her second semester, which is not the big rush. It's the smaller rush. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what do you think? And I said, I think I trust your judgment. I think that I, you can go and meet these people and see if that's a scene that you want to be a part of. Go to the party. I think it was a roller skating party. Uh, so I knew like How bad it could it pretty be? tame. <laughs> yeah. So the roller rink here. And um, she came back and said, yeah, uh, you know what? I met some nice people and that not everybody looks alike. Like there's tall people, short people, oh. fat people, skinny people. Yeah. There's a variety of people in there. And that's interesting to me. That they don't all feel like they have like to look a certain way. The Barbie doll. Yeah. Reese with the perfect hair and yeah. the makeup. <laughs> and so that began a conversation as she would um, kind of try out this idea of sorority life. And would you know, she ended up saying yes. That became one of the most amazing experiences of her whole college. She got so much leadership training. Immediately got put into leadership because she's a great kid <laughs> I think they made a good choice and um and she yeah she got public speaking experience she got experience throwing huge events she was in charge of budgets that mm. were thousands of dollars uh -huh. so many things that I didn't experience till I was um, an older adult so you never know kind of how your kid's experience is going to pan out and what might be good for them and what might not mm -hmm. um so another young woman that um we've lived life with really closely. Um, I gave her different advice. I was like, you know, I think that's probably not the scene for you. Um, you're really interested in this campus ministry and that seems to be, um, a good group of people. And is, I, I like what I'm seeing in terms of your maturity. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, that's become her leadership development. She leads uh, groups yeah. of people and goes on trips. And, and so, you know, it's not going to look the same right. for everybody. It won't. And you need to be open as your kid's experiencing it to things you weren't maybe envisioning yeah. for them. I didn't envision my son working super hard and getting almost full scholarship to a great school in Nashville and then hating it and transferring. Yeah. And, and he didn't either. He kind of felt like a failure. He hated his major. He declared physics. He took the physics class. He's like, uh, absolutely not. I hate all this lab work. I want to be around people. I, I don't want to be yeah. stuck back here doing experiments. And that's what college is for. That's what we tried to tell him. You're not a failure because you're 18 and you thought you wanted to major in one thing. And that's exactly what, <laughs> that's exactly why you go and you take the class that's and you realize. That's exactly right. But I think we, we put so much emphasis on like fine tuning this process that we didn't articulate well enough to him that, and if it doesn't work out the way you want, or it's not what you thought it was going to be, there's options. Yeah. Pivot. He Do felt like, like a failure instead of just choosing another option. Like he got good information, mm -hmm. like a success that he got good information. So we had to walk him through that. And now he's, yeah, he's an economics major. Who saw that coming? Yeah. <laughs> so, and really loving it, really enjoying those uh -huh. classes. And, um, and yeah, so it's part, you're going along on the journey with them, you know, from mm -hmm. afar and don't be too <laughs> involved in their lives. Oh, that's but, a great point too. Leave them alone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I tried so hard for the first year, especially to just not text. Like we dropped him off on campus and you leave him there and you cry all the way home because yeah. it's super sad <laughs> and everything's changing in your life. And then the first thing you want to do when you get there, well, 
check on them. Did you do this? And did you do this? And how's your, how do you like your roommate? And how was the cafeteria meal? Just leave them alone. They'll call you when they're ready. They'll text you when you're ready. And that's so hard, but. Oh, it is. Good life advice. They need to, um, they need to fly a little bit and they'll, they'll call you. Yeah. Eventually. Mom and dad said, I didn't call for, I don't know. It was weeks before I even called home. Which I have no memory of. Like you, I'm like, they're out of my brain. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, when you're 18, like mom and dad. Yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> so they were like, and they said the same thing. We're not calling her. We're not calling her. But like just willing me from afar. Please, please call. So yeah, give them space. Especially now with texting. Um, you know, it's just such an instant thing we do all yeah. day long. And again, if your kid in- initiates it, great. Yeah. But don't be like, okay, we have to FaceTime every night at five o'clock. You don't. No. It's okay. Let them just do their thing and not have to be interrupted by, yeah, my my dad's calling again. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's not cool. Totally not cool. Point. Yeah. So. All right. So, um, yeah. And then there's the, this is all the practical things. Then there's the, I don't know, social, emotional, spiritual aspects to college that you're thinking about as, as you're sending your kids, um, they're going to have a lot of freedoms and a lot of responsibility. And um, if they're not living up to that, you know, as I said, some of my daughter's friends, they lost all their scholarships. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the logical consequence is you have to stop for a little bit and grow up a little bit and yeah. then revisit the option of, of college. Um, I also have, you know, know a young woman. I just talked to her this just this week, and she's so diligent she is like straight A. She's the president of her um, professional organization on campus. She's all the things. And she's like to the detriment of her health. She's lost some weight. She's not eating like she should. And I was trying to tell her as a former perfectionist, you know, you got to be a little kinder to yourself and you, and you really need to you know, have a better life balance. You know, you'll pay for it later. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I really wasn't like this in high school, but now that it's my money, mm. Um, and I'm, I'm paying for my way through school. She's like, I really care. And that's the beautiful thing. Like that's the good side of it. You know, her parents had instilled in her responsibility and work ethic. And so I was like, you know what? That's great. I'm really Mm -hmm. proud of you. Good job for understanding. Like this is a huge finance, financial commitment I've made here. I've got some student loans I'm taking and I'm paying cash along the way. This is important. I better do the best that I can. And, um, Relationships matter. We encouraged our kids to stay in touch with people from their past life, um, like, like a mentor, um, a good friend, mm-hmm. um, you know, the church family. We, you know, we loved it when they came back to visit. And mm-hmm. he, well, Houston, Emma was here when Houston came back to visit and, you know, went to our church. And yeah, um, that's really important. Even and former teachers and influences oh, and their coaches yeah. and things, um, they've kept in touch with some of those too. Um, the people have meant a lot to them. Sometimes you want your kids to leave high school and never talk to those people again. (laughs) That's also, that's also true. (laughs) But hopefully there's some good adults in their life they can touch base with. Oh, so, so yeah, I want to, I'll just close out with like the story of Daniel in scripture. I never really thought about Daniel in terms of like a college experience. You know, he, he's carted off to this foreign country and he's getting educated you know, as a young adult, he's getting educated in all of this um, culture in Babylon. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to defile myself by living the way the people around me are living. And I'm going to, you know, 
only eat vegetables and only drink water and you know and he ended up being what was it 10 times better than his peers in every matter of wisdom and understanding at the end of three years Mm. and so you know I'm always for throwing out that positive goalpost in the in the distance you know for your kid instead of the don't do's yeah you know like you'd be excel you know know that you can use this four years sometimes five (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know to to your benefit you know my parents said college is unlike any other time in your life that's right just trust us it's like any it's unlike any other time in your life take full advantage of it Mm -hmm. and um and I think I did in a lot of ways and it's it can be a beautiful experience um if you help your child navigate it yeah in a healthy way shouldn't have to be stressful and scary and sad and all the things that you sort of mm-hmm. see on social media. Um, it can be so exciting. It mm-hmm. should be so exciting to see what's next for that kid that you did your best for all those 12 years through school. Um, and a positive experience for everybody. I hope. I hope so. Didn't you make friends for life Absolutely. in college? Yeah. They're my yeah. best friends still. Yes. Like, and, and just a handful, just two or three uh-huh. that I really keep up with. And I cannot talk to them for two or three years. We pick right back up, yeah. you know, where we left off. Yep. So yeah, it's a great time of life. So we hope you found this helpful and, and taking a little bit of fear and unknown about, I wish I'd had this podcast for myself. <laughs> I know. I knew nothing, nothing. <laughs> so take what, oh. take a nugget or two. Um, And you can always visit us on our website where we'll list some um, resources and things you can look at on justaskyourmom.com. We're also on Facebook, Just Ask Your Mom, or Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. And if you're listening, please rate and comment, leave a review. Uh, Just helps people find us uh, when they're scrolling for Just Ask Your Mom. And if you have questions or topics, please send them to us at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And finally, we want to say thanks to our production manager, Cheyenne Avila, our tech and social media administrator, Savannah Cunningham, and graphic designer, Emma Goodwin. You can join us next time on Just Just Ask Ask Your Mom. Mom.